Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. And it's late, 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 but I had to get it out today. It is episode 446, coming to you on the 29th of June. And today we're going to talk about how to deal with dissent. But before we get into that, let me remind you the best way that you can assist me make a difference in our communities is to like, share, and subscribe to this year podcast. Find and follow me. Join the group. Do the likes on the social media, right? And if you're particularly motivated, happy, thrilled, impressed, inspired, whatever your word is, your adjective, do me a solid rate and review this program. Go visit it over and, you know, I don't know, YouTube, for instance, uh, all the shows get uploaded there. I have no idea what happens once they go there. And, uh, you know, I really would like some feedback is, uh, Brighty on and rumble a place to be. I don't know if you can't get the word out to the people outside of our bubble. I'm not sure that we're going to do any good long-term, but here we go on with the show. Okay. Descent. Descent is a normal thing. Descent is one of the things that we sought to protect. Descent is, quite frankly, an option of just existing, of having conversations, of growing up, as being adults. It's what happens when there's disagreement. Ah, yes, disagreement. Now, I got to be honest, I have not always done it well. When I was younger, uh, you know, people have temper issues. I was intemperate. Um, quick to jump to conclusions on occasion, and more often than not, didn't rein in the emotions. Fast forward to about 10 years ago, and I kind of figured things out. You know what? You can get a lot more done if you follow the rules, you take part in the process, and you can be more persuasive and more effective if you're working with the system. Now, that works so long as the system's functional, so long as the system doesn't remove you. But until that happens, working within the system is far more effective. How do I know this? Well, because I've been rather successful at doing it. I'm not patting myself on the back. And I credit some of my successes to the fact that I teamed up with the right people. And the right people sought me out and asked me to help them. And, you know, one step forward can eliminate that previous step backward. So it's time and effort. Unlike conservatives, I don't want to surrender. Unlike conservatives, I don't want to compromise away any gains. No, I want to keep pushing forward. But sometimes that requires that you take a pause on one front to advance in another. That's the strategy. That's the dealing with the logistics of the situation, right? You can't be everywhere at once. It reminds me, I, I read in, and I'm sure I've touched base on this before, but I, but I read a biography on MacArthur and his whole theory in the island hopping scheme was we're going to go where the enemy is not. We're going to take the low hanging fruit. We're going to, we're going to take those islands. We're going to hold them. We're going to use them to force the Japanese back. Now, ultimately he was successful. No thanks to, well, some other folks, but he was successful. He did push them back. He did win the Pacific theater for us. Now, he didn't do it alone, but it was the strategy, right? And the logistics at play. Go where they're not, 
and solidify and move forward. Okay, so how does this translate, right? What are we dealing with here? We're looking at the idea of when you're dealing with dissent, you have to first determine is this legitimate dissent or is this dissent just so that somebody can be a thorn in the side? Or is it dissent that's not so much motivated on a principle, but on a personality? Once you've determined that, you have to determine what's the appropriate mm, rebuff or reproach or mm, smackdown, if you will, that needs to be addressed. Now, I, for one, if somebody's on my team, right? And that's where we're going to start with people on our team. If somebody is on my team and I believe it to be a legitimate dissent, right? A principled opposition or a challenge to, I don't necessarily fully agree with this, but I think we should do thus and so, right? And I, and I don't want to get it caught up in the weeds. It's a principled disagreement or a principled uh, request to change something. Well, you follow the process, and you do it in good faith, and you do it with notice, and you get everybody involved, you get the buy-in, you participate, you you check all those people that are involved, right? Some of this is a lingo that you might hear if you were <clears throat> in corporate America, right? Got to get those stakeholders involved and create the buy-in, whatever. But it's true. And honestly, if you actually talk to people, they might be convinced. But when you do stuff underhanded, when you when you manipulate the scenes, when you push on something that's really not principled, you just look bad. You just do. But again, if, if that's something you're dealing with, how do you deal with it? What's the appropriate way to deal with it? Well, again, first, you have to determine, is there a legitimate complaint there? Okay? If it's legitimate then yeah, you you embrace it, bring it in, figure out what we need to do to move forward. Simple enough. We're on the same team. We want the same kinds of things. Now, if it's based on a personality, right? I don't like something because somebody else is wanting it. Or I don't like something because somebody else um, put it forward. Not even that they want it. They just put it forward. I don't like it because it might benefit somebody that I don't like. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. That's stupid. That's a power play. That's childish. Man, that's something that should have went away when we were in high school. But again, we're on the same team. That's a conversation. That's a sit down and talk. That's a, okay, so Mr. Smith, what exactly is it that you're wanting to see here? What is your end goal here? What do do we need to do that is going to get everybody on board so that we can move forward? I mean, what is it that's the major problem here? Now, if it's something that we can negotiate in a peaceful adult way that's not going to sacrifice anybody's principles, great, let's move on, let's get it done. But if it transfers over into an actual legitimate principled issue, well, now we're going to have to have a discussion. We might have to have a vote, right? But all this stuff can be dealt with behind closed doors, in in a polite, an adult manner, in, in a, let's call it a business transaction mode, Right? Some would say it is quid pro quo. Some would say you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Yes and no, right? We don't want to go down that path because one, it's icky. Two, it's the establishment's uh, trade, right? That's what they do. So we're not looking to do anything like that. But what we are looking to do is I see you have a legitimate concern here. How do we put that aside? How do we work past that? Or I see that you're upset 
that Mr. Jones will benefit or potentially benefit from this change. Mr. Smith, you realize that we don't really care about Mr. Jones one way or other in this scenario. And if you think that's the case, you're being short-sighted. Everybody benefits. And if Mr. Jones get a little something out of this, whatever it is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm being nonspecific on purpose here because it's applicable to so many different things. And people perceive every little thing with the that, that in some nefarious action. And it's just, I mean, if you're operating above board, if you're being straightforward with people, you shouldn't have to play games. You should be on the same team. Again, all this has to do with people that is on your team. And if you can't find a way to get together, work together, and move forward, perhaps they're not on your team. Perhaps they're actually off your team. Now, what this is the next part of this, right? Is the person really off your team? You know, this is this is the issue we deal with in party politics, right? Everybody's a Republican until they're not. Everybody's a conservative until they're not. But they're at least nominally on our team, right? We have to pretend to get along with them. We have to work with the establishment. I've said this many, many times. But there are moderates, right? And the moderates aren't necessarily establishment. They're just not me. They're not you. They're not anybody. They're different. They have their own principles, their own ideas. And you know what? The vast majority of the time, we're going to be on the same page. Maybe not in the same paragraph, certainly not the same sentence, but at least on the same page. And we need to embrace them, work with them, bring them along, not treat them as the enemy, not treat them as a problem child. Bring them on the team, bring them on board, get their buy-in is that we're trying to do these great things. I know you're maybe concerned about this one thing. Well, we'll talk about that. But in the meantime, we need to keep working on these things. Now, the thing is, the establishment, <laughs> they're just so much better at this than we are. They, they undermine us all the time, but because they're not on our team. Now, I got to say, I kind of see a value to working with the establishment. I know this is anathema. I know this is, this is something that I actually rail against regularly because they sell us out all the time. But the idea is the establishment works on what's best for them, what's best for their end goals. And if we have similar end goals, can we not at least swallow our pride and say, hey, Mr. Establishment, we would like to see thus and so happen. Can we agree that we want to do this thing? Are, are we willing to set aside our swords for this one thing and agree that we would like to get this done? Yes, I know it won't affect the fact that you want to build 5,000 apartments in a square mile. Okay, we're going to still agree to disagree on that. And we're going to we're going to fight you tooth and nail. But on this one thing here, we kind of agree. Could 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 we put aside and get this done? I mean. That does seem challenging. I mean, but neither side is having to sacrifice their principles, ex except for the fact that most people in the establishment often seem to lack principles, in my opinion. But, you know, there there could be somebody there that still has principles. Let's let's give them some grace. But they're not on our team. So when there's dissent, when there's a disagreement, this is where we have to be extra careful because we don't want to violate our principles. We don't want to we don't want to cave in on something we don't have to. But dissent can be something that helps us realize there's an opportunity here, right? So if somebody that's not on our team says, hey, hey, don't do that. Hey, I oppose this for this reason. 
And if we pivot, if we're smart and we embrace what the dissent is from somebody not on our team, we might be able to win them over. Or we might be able to address their concern so that later on they don't see us as an enemy, right? This is an opportunity if we play it right, if we're smart about it. But more often than not, truth be told, when people are not on our team, when they're off the team and they're dissenting, it's because they have a principle or they're completely lack of principles or bad principles. And they just don't want us to do anything that might interfere with what it is they're trying to do. That we're an impediment. We're slowing down. We're we're delaying the march to serfdom. You know, whatever you want to call it, that's where you got to be real careful. Yes, you can work with people on things that you nominally agree with. But if they're trying to get you to sell out, if they're trying to take away, that's an entirely different thing. That's That's where you put in the walk away clause, right? No, I'm not going to be okay with that. I'm not going to sacrifice my principles. I'm not going to sacrifice all this work we've done just to get you to shut up and go away. I mean, that is the primary fault of conservatives, right? They think if they'll just give in on this one thing, the leftists will be happy. Well, we'll, we'll shut them up now if we just give them this little thing here. If we'll, if we'll just back off right here. We'll, we'll get some peace and quiet. They'll go away. They'll stop. And I'm here to tell you, if you hadn't been paying attention, that never works. It might buy you a week of solace. You might even get a month of relative peace until they come back for something more and something more. It's like the two-year-old, right? The more you placate their bad behavior, the more bad behavior you get. You have to stop. You have to ignore them. You have to tell them no. But conservatives seem to lack the will to do that. Conservatives seem to lack the will to just stand up and do the right thing. Instead, we retreat to our safe space and do battle royale with people that are on our own team, fighting to take the scraps of power that may remain or the reins of mm, the higher ground or the, the virtue signal, right? Yeah, okay, that's all well and good, but you're not winning if you're busy cutting the legs out of your partner you're cutting the legs out of people on your own team just so you can look good temporarily for people that hate you but hey if you're afraid to deal with dissent if you're if you're not willing to put up when it matters if you're not willing to take a stand when it can actually make a difference maybe it's not them that's off the team maybe you're the one that needs to be off the team maybe we need to end you from being on our team maybe we need to send you off somewhere else. I heard the phrase today, need to kick him out of the foxhole. (laughs) And I'm sure I've heard something similar before. And I want to give credit to the guy that said that, but I'm not sure he wants me to give him credit. So the idea being is we're all in the foxhole together, right? We're in war, we're in battle. The socialists, the communists, the progressives are over there. We're here. We're taking We're taking fire, we're fighting back, we're holding the line, we're doing everything we can, and we're dealing with people that are, you know, fighting with us and bickering, should we lob grenades or should we fire rockets? Who cares? Just keep firing. You know, should we use the 7.62 millimeter rifle round or should we use the 5.2, you know, what? who cares? Just keep firing. Keep them suppressed. Keep them down. They're, They're so worried about how you're doing things they they're they're arguing about tactics which is fine and dandy except for when you're in the middle of a war when you're in the middle of a battle you need to remember where your enemy is who the enemy is 
But sometimes you've got that person on your team that, oh, I don't know, pulls pins out of grenades and drops them in, (laughs) Um, doesn't operate the rocket properly, purposely runs out of ammo, or if it makes you feel better, spoils ballots, right? I mean, we take away the war metaphor and go on to something that's a little more uh, prevalent, turns away proper voters, turns off people that might be interested in what you have to say, is rude, condescending, and a jerk, doesn't interact well with others, resorts to name-calling on a regular basis, doesn't seem to have intelligent conversations. In short, they're a net negative. The phrase I heard was, kick them out of the foxhole. Yeah, they're not a co-belligerent anymore. They're detriment. They're putting everybody else at risk. Hmm? They don't maintain control of themselves. They lack fire discipline. They routinely forget who gives the orders. They routinely forget what the operating orders are. They routinely forget what proper procedure is. They are a net negative. And while you might like them personally, while they might have their heart in the right place, if they're that messed up, they're really not deserving of a place in that foxhole. That's a very good point. So rather than deal with the dissent that they bring about, rather than answer all their questions, they're not actually trying. And, and you know, some people have observed that they don't care. Some people have observed they're too stupid. Some people have said, well, uh, it doesn't matter if their heart's in the right place, if they're completely screwing everything up the whole time. That's a that's a fair statement. I don't know that I would be that harsh. I don't I don't I don't want to believe that we have I you know, what is it interlocator interlocker whatever. I it's almost like having a spy or a saboteur. I don't want to believe that those people are amongst us, but in fact they are. It's it's self evident. If you're if you're running an army, you must assume that somebody got through somewhere is working against you. But you can't treat everybody that way. You can't assume the worst out of everybody, but you have to keep your eyes open. You have to pay attention. You have to be willing to intercede. And when you find that person, sometimes you have to be willing to kick them out of the foxhole. Sometimes their dissent is just dissent for dissent's sake, and they need to be eliminated because they're a distraction. For those of you following along, let's briefly recap. Dissent is all well and good as long as it's a net positive. Dissent within people on the same team, as long as it's dealt with in a timely, proficient manner and actually leads to a positive outcome, is a good thing. Dissent, when it continues and it's not a good thing and becomes detrimental, needs to be dealt with, sometimes harshly. Dissent with people that are not off your team or that are off your team. They're not part of your team. They're not interested in the same goals. That's not worth your time most of the time. Those people need to be dismissed, pushed away and dealt with as if they're the enemy. Because in actual fact, many times they are. And then sometimes, sometimes we have to be willing to end dissent when people aren't worthy of the time that it takes to fix that 
There is no net positive by continuing to invest in something that has no return. Now, I don't know how to equate that to individuals. I I don't know that I necessarily feel comfortable calling anybody out. I have friends. I have acquaintances. I, I have other people I know that they would probably say that about some of those same people. Maybe more than one direction. Some of them might actually say that about me, which... Yeah, to each their own. But at the end of the day, I am far more worried about getting people on the same team to go in the same direction and to actually win. And if it means that something that's particularly important to me has to wait this time around, okay. I can be patient on my specific thing as long as we're working towards other legitimate goals, as long as we're focusing on whatever our priorities were at the beginning, as long as we're, we're moving forward, we're, we're pushing back the onslaught. Okay, fine. My specific thing's going to have to wait just a little bit longer. I'm okay with that. As long as you don't blow it off, as long as you don't ignore it, as long as you don't treat it like our legislature treats the Republican party's priorities. Hmm? You knew I was going to go there, right? <laughs> you see, I think that a lot of our elected officials, they see us, they see us as the uh, second or the third. They refuse to acknowledge we're on their team. In fact, I seem to think that they believe they're not on our team. They believe they're over us. They're our overlords. They're the royalty, for lack of a better phrase. They're not interested in what we proles want, think, or say. They don't need us anymore. I don't know if how far down that translates down that ladder, but to me, it's an interesting thing. They're all about what you have to say when they need you. The moment they think they don't need you, they kick you to the curb. They dismiss you and The moment that you're not in the same room, they poo-poo you, they belittle you, they tell you what you want to hear when you're in front of them, and the moment you leave that room, (laughs) they're running you down. Now, we call these people duplicitous, we call them two-faced, frauds, whatever your proper term is that you prefer, but at the end of the day... The best synonym for them is politician. Now, we have to routinely choose the lesser of evils. We have to routinely suck it up and deal with somebody that's not an ideal person for in our minds. But we also have to realize that each one of those elected representatives doesn't just represent us and our five closest friends. They may represent 51 to 58% of a given district. And I'll tell you what, even though we're a majority, I would be willing to bet that a solid plurality of that majority actually just wants to be left alone and wants to keep a nice paycheck, doesn't want to be jacked around with, and they don't actually support any of the priorities or any of the things that we find are important. So that's on us to convince them. That's on us to explain to them why it matters. Because clearly, until such time, 
that the elected officials figure out that a majority of the people that support them actually want this stuff, they're going to continue to ignore it, kick it under the uh, rug, and pretend that we don't matter. Now, an interesting scenario is coming up real quick here. We're going to have a primary, and some people are going to be challenged, some people aren't. Some people are going to be challenged by really good candidates, and some maybe not. I'm going to see how strong their turnout is, right? And then they're going to go off to that general election. And I'm going to tell you right now, at least one of them, to my knowledge, will have little to no support from his own party. From from the people that are pledged to get people like him elected. Because he's made it clear he doesn't want us and doesn't need us. So why would we want to help somebody like that? Why would we want to go on our way to put any effort in that? Now, I imagine there's still time for a great sales pitch to be put on. A smoke and mirrors show to convince us that he uh, misspoke and we all misunderstood. And we have to sing Kumbaya because we can't have another Democrat down in Austin. But I'm here to tell you, perhaps it's time to kick that person out of the foxhole. Perhaps. Because clearly they all feel like we don't even belong in the foxhole. It'd be nice to turn the tables on one of these guys. So I want to get this up before midnight tonight. (laughs) Doesn't look like I'm going to make it. But with that, this has been According to Callus. And I will see you on the other side.